Good evening. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone, on Periscope and Facebook and the TalkingAlternative.com nation out there to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week, as I, as I can't control the sound of my voice. Secrets of the Sire. It's good stuff. Welcome at Jersey Jedi, and welcome uh, to a bunch of others that have joined us on the live streams. We do this every week, every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We do it every week on TalkingAlternative.com. And again, you can catch us on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, you can catch us on the Periscope feed, at Michael underscore Dolce. The Facebook feed is Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Uh, it's a live call-in radio show, so we're not just streaming on, online. You guys can chime in via comments, or you can actually call us up. Number is 877-480-4120. Uh, we have an amazing show planned for you tonight. Um, we uh, The guest I have coming on is 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 tremendous. He is good good radio. He's actually a live DJ at one point in his career. His, his career has actually been, I can't even tell you, Sam, his career has gone... Um, Every direction you possibly can go. Uh, he was telling me at one point he was broke. Uh, I think it was a few years ago, and now he's got uh, you know Hollywood studios, uh, you know, at his uh, doorstep. Um, all about the promotion for his new movie, Bubba the Redneck Werewolf, um, which is an awesome comic and an awesome movie in general. So we got him coming on in the second segment of the show. Um, and but first, well, we're gonna we're gonna do a little house uh, a house a little house cleaning for. Um, for everyone, as we also go live again on multiple platforms. Uh, we are going to be on Patreon.com. That is right, the crowdfunding website for artists and podcasters, of which I am actually both. Uh, we'll launch this weekend. Uh, for those who don't know, Patreon.com is, uh, again, a crowdfunding website. You go in there. We're going to have a lot of cool rewards, cool exclusive access to the show. You get to actually watch us set up and break down. And as Sam, my trusty engineer, just wondered, he's like, why would anyone want to see that? I don't know. Maybe they would. Maybe they wouldn't. We're going we're to find out. I mean, that's kind of the cool part about Patreon. Um, but we'll give you more details. Now, it's either going to launch um, Friday or Monday, uh, depending on what I think I look like in the video that I shoot. I'm going to I'm going to get a haircut Friday. I actually have my haircut scheduled uh, in my that's my life right now is just it's just pockets of time and it's like I have a free moment Friday morning. I'm going to get a haircut. So, I'm going to be shooting the video tonight for Patreon and if I look at the video and I'm bearded and uh, I have, you know, I'm a little shaggy tonight and if I think like eh, I can look better, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and shoot the video again over the weekend. But um, welcome to Flow Flow Le Flow. Flow Flow Le Fifu. That's a good. That's a good name. It can't beat that. Um, we're talking Suicide Squad to start, though. Uh, it came out, um, and we we did the tagline, and and you know, again, for anybody who wants the behind the scenes access, Sam and I were kind of debating. You know, what's how do we frame the topic tonight? Because that's really the question, right? Suicide Squad debuts to 135.1 million. It squeaks by 132 million that Deadpool got. Uh, so hey, confetti. DC did it, right? They did it. They made this movie and it was successful, except they kind of don't know yet, because unlike Deadpool, which cost $50 million and had approximately another $50 million in marketing, uh, Suicide Squad has not broken even yet. Suicide Squad, much like its predecessor, Batman vs. Superman, uh, cost, well, it didn't cost as much as Batman v. Superman, cost $175 million. So their budget right now, and welcome a poof, a poof. I just like all these names that, that, that keep coming on, but you can get me at, at Michael underscore Dolce. You can go to the Facebook page as well, too. I didn't mention it. It's Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. 
you know, uh, you know, Batman v Superman had the 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 massive three hundred million dollar budget, which was massive, and then the marketing, you know, was another two hundred million. So essentially, they made six hundred million. That was almost a break-even point for them uh, because of the amount of marketing, the amount of production costs, I mean, the actors, everything that went into it, plus the hype itself. I mean, you essentially had, uh, you have to make like a billion dollars for it to be considered a success. Now, Suicide Squad doesn't have that kind of pressure, and that's a good thing. Uh, it doesn't need to make half a billion, you know, it doesn't need to make a billion dollars, but it kind of needs to make half a billion for it to really be an unfettered success. And there's a lot of problems with it right now. The problems are the reviews were really horrible. Um, they were. The Rotten Tomatoes score was 33%. I mean, anybody that went on our secretsofthesire.com, uh, I do a weekly blog, kind of give you a preview of what's going on. Uh, I pointed you over to two articles I wrote on the subject. I mean, they're basically talking about how the reviews are going to really hurt it, but the word of mouth could, could, could bring it up. But the problem is the word of mouth is pretty much, I mean, everything that's happened with Suicide Squad is essentially now, you know, exactly what Batman vs. Superman did. Um, so here's um, Jeff Beck, who was a senior box office analyst for Exhibitor Relations, and he said the reviews are usually a barometer of a big drop next weekend. I don't know that it'll be as bad as Batman vs. Superman, which tumbled 69% after opening with six, 166 million. I mean, Bat BVS, we'll just say BVS because Batman vs. Superman, you know, it's just a long title. Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice. Um, you know, it tumbled 69% after opening with $166 million in March. Suicide Squad, 135 It's still not quite on par with what Marvel is doing. All their films received really high, high marks across the board. And that's the thing. The box office between weeks carried over. And that's the big thing that the DC movies aren't getting. You're getting that, that fan curiosity. Um, you're getting that, like, you know, look, BVS had iconic characters, and what's up Gerard Supple, who is wondering why people were hating on Batman v Superman. Look, a lot of people wondered that too, but here's why. I mean, you had iconic characters that a lot of fans just felt weren't treated properly. You had Batman killing people, you had Superman moping everywhere. Um, you had the one common link was like the mother had the same name, and they're like, well, hey, two hours worth of, of hating on each other. All gone. Like, what if, like, what if Lex Luthor's mom was also named Martha? Or like, what if the Joker's Joker's name was like, like his his? It's like my dad was named Thomas. Oh well, we're friends now. I don't care that you're psychotically killing people. So am I. We're all we're all we're all in this together. Um, Suicide Squad doesn't have to worry about um, dealing with iconic characters. They do have the Joker in it. That's about as recognizable characters they have. Uh, possibly even uh, Harley Quinn is also obviously a huge fan favorite. Um, but for the most part, fans can be curious about Suicide Squad. But that being said, if the movie's not good, people are going to write about it. They're going to tweet about it. They're going to say, essentially, the, the general tone I got from fans across Facebook and across Twitter and, and Instagram and all that stuff was, it wasn't as bad as, as I was told, you know? And, and that was like, kind of like, hey, hey, we're... We're 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 not you know it's like hey they love us they really like us they think we're okay they think we're not as bad as people said that we were I mean that's essentially what um, you know people are saying so it's it's not like they were really doing great Suicide Squad made a huge sixty five million at the Friday box office 
Um, but analysts took note that the film had a huge drop from Friday to Saturday. Revenue dropped dramatically, 41% from Friday to Saturday, and that is actually worse than Batman v Superman. Uh, we're going to get into a little later why this happened, um, and, and we're going to start that it's actually the marketing for Suicide Squad. Well, okay, first, maybe it's just the film itself, right? I mean, look, at the end of the day, I mean, from what we, what we were told, it's like, hey, it had all the potential. Margot Robbie, tremendous as Harley Quinn. Will Smith, tremendous as Deadshot. Uh, Gerard Supple also has said, hey, Suicide Squad should have had Deathstroke. Maybe, you know, maybe they should have. But, you know, it, you're finding all of these different characters. Look, there's enough characters in there. Um, Viola Davis, outstanding performance. They had a lot, of good, a lot of good things going on, right? A lot of good stuff in the movie. Didn't quite all add up. And again, the villain was lackluster at the end. It just didn't quite add up. But the big thing that I think, um, you know, and this is what... Um, Someone from Vox actually pointed out, they said, you know, one thing can't be denied, the marketing for Suicide Squad was amazing. Warner Brothers' marketing department should win awards for the campaign for the film. It certainly got people interested. But unfortunately, a lot of moviegoers seem to be finding that this fun film they were sold isn't a fun film. It's a dark and gritty film. So at the end of the day, and then this goes back to the reshoot question, right? The reshoot question came up six months ago or five months ago or four months ago when, when was march yeah, math math eludes me on a wednesday night at eight o'clock uh again call in if you guys have your own opinion on on this stuff um it's eight seven seven four eight zero four one two zero. i mean that's a that's definitely something i would love to chat with you guys live over the air about but the reshoot question the reshoot question came up you know in march when after batman vs superman flopped they did all these reshoots right and, and one of the rumors was, we need to make this thing more funny. We need to make this thing lighthearted. Look at the Justice League trailer that came out. It's funny. Look at the Wonder Woman trailer. It was funny. Suicide Squad looks like a funny movie, but was it? I mean, it was entertaining. Ben Halo just chimed in. I did like the movie. It was really cool. You know, most people are saying that. I mean, most people are saying it was entertaining. Uh, one of my friends, uh, Jack O'Donnell, to give him a shot out, was like, it was entertaining. He said it was, you know, definitely had a lot of good things. Um, and uh, and it, had, it had interesting moments and exciting moments. And, and again, Margot Robbie is a superstar now. I mean, she really is. Like, she essentially, um, she is just getting complete props across the board for her performance. Some people were actually uh, judging how they wrote the character, saying it was maybe misogynistic, maybe it wasn't um, very good, but but how she delivered the performance, though, was fantastic. So in that regard, Margot Robbie, you know, thumbs up to her and, and thumbs up. She's definitely a movie star. She's going to get her own spinoff, and uh, it's going to be in that Birds of Prey movie, and we're going to see her, you know, more and more in the next couple of years. And I think... I think She's got something there, and we're going to compare her later on in the show to another, you know, offbeat character who kind of, you know, rose up thanks to fan, um, you know, fan response, which is Deadpool. I mean, she's definitely, we've done this before on, on some previous podcasts. Uh, you can go to our SoundCloud account, soundcloud.com slash secrets of the sire. That's S-I-R-E. Uh, and you can, you can listen to some of the previous podcasts, but we compared Harley Quinn to Deadpool from a character standpoint. 
Uh, and now from a movie standpoint, kind of moving that idea forward, is she DC's Deadpool now? Is she going to spin off? Because she was the best thing about that movie. Um, and that's what everyone's kind of saying. They were saying Jared Leto's Joker would have been awesome. Um, <laughs> we have at Master Masturbator just joined. On our, on, our, on our Periscope feed. Uh, love everybody that joins in. Uh, again, you can stream us live, facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. You can also see us on uh, Periscope at Michael underscore Dolce. But again, listen live every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. We do this um, on TalkingAlternative.com. So you can just click on the website and go ahead and stream. When we return, though, we're going we're gonna to continue the uh, Suicide Squad. What? Oh, and Joker. Well, we'll get to that, but it's we got, we got the two-minute... Sam, my engineer, is like, what happened to Joker? Well, Joker wasn't in the movie long enough, but we're going to continue this discussion with Mitch Hyman, who is a big comic book guy as well, too, uh, in addition to creating the comic book Bubba the Redneck Werewolf, <clears throat> which has now been made into an awesome indie movie that is slowly gaining traction uh, in theaters across the country. Uh, so when we return, we're going to talk Joker. We're going to talk Suicide Squad. We're going to talk Bubba the Redneck Werewolf next. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week. Talk movies, comics, TV, music, and pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, TalkingAlternative.com. You can just go to the website, flip it right on. Uh, as my engineer Sam pointed out, uh, I was talking about the Joker before we went to, uh, to break, but I was doing a little tease for everybody. You know, we want to keep those butts in seats. At least that's what I'll say because I, I did lose my train of thought, but that's uh, neither here nor there. All right, we want to welcome an awesome guest uh, to the show. His name is Mitch Hyman. He's a, an old friend. Um, in, I haven't known him very long. He's just really old. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. See, that's, that's, that's it. <laughs> you're, you're live on the air, Mitch. Welcome. I had a feeling it was something like that, but actually, I'm Serge, and I'm your hairstylist, and I want to know if you really wanted that full Brazilian on uh, Friday, because they have a dump truck coming in from Jersey that's going to bring a lot of paraffin. Well, so I, just I, make sure you're worthy of all that. I like the landing strip. I'm all about the landing strip, so it, it oh, works Oh, I thought you were going to go for something a little more handlebar hipster, but okay, fine, <laughs> we'll go with that. I'll just put you down over here. See, I keep my hair in a drawer, and I don't feed it after midnight, and I get water on it, and I'm good to go. Excellent. 
and this is this is the kind of inside access that uh, our Patreon.com um, uh, backers will eventually get. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Uh, or so, they're throwing up from right now as we speak. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. So, Mitch, uh, just to we're gonna talk about a whole bunch of stuff today, but uh, give uh, give the audience uh, your background. Who are you? What have you done? Um, I've been plugging the bubble the redneck werewolf uh, all week long, but uh, for anybody not familiar with it, uh, give us the uh, give us the elevator pitch. Very simple. I'm a well-known miscreant who actually sits there and scribbles stuff out, and actually people buy it, and then they make it into things. A better magic trick or scam I've never been able to come up with, and <laughs> stick with it. But I've been writing comics for about 20 years. I've been a professional writer for about 30. Um, I started off doing, you know, intern work at various places, and I worked for advertising agencies doing commercials and what have you for radio, television, or for media, paper media. If they still have those things anymore, paper media, I mean. Uh, and then Flyers. moved on to just my love of comics just took over everything. I mean, I wanted to be a filmmaker when I was younger. I wanted to be a writer since I was nine years old. But comics were my focus. And you created Bubba the Redneck Werewolf. And I created Bubba the Redneck Werewolf, a few other characters. I also have a couple of novels out. I have Vinnie and Mook, Hitman in Paradise. And an anthology about a horse-drawn freak show in 1931 called Dr. Sarcophagus and his Carnival of Dark Desires. And now, one of those creations, again, Bubba the Red and Growwolf, is now a, uh, a feature film. You're going to focus on Bubba all night? Okay, fine. Let's go with Bubba. What? <laughs> <laughs> you see how I... I see how, a pitch around here. You people. See how, anyway. see how I'm snare... It's all about, it's all about steering, the, uh, steering the conversation. Uh, but no, we want to talk about the movie, because I think it's really awesome, and I, wanna, I, I want people to know, um, you know what it's about and where they can see it and find it and download it and pirate it and all that fun stuff. Get me a piece of the action off of that, too. I'm going to have to talk to the Swede. <laughs> anyway, very simple. We, it's an independent film that uh, I put the money together, and I had friends who do makeup work. I had friends who knew how to do production. And I basically said, okay, kids, let's just put on a show. And we got everything together. We did our makeup, everything else, and uh, we pulled off the film. And I'm going to be honest with you, even though it's my film, I feel it's got a great look. It's got original music. It's got all the elements you need in a true Hollywood type movie without all the heavy price tags. I've seen it. I love it. I think it's hilarious. I think it's definitely Thanks, quite indicative of how the comic book was. Uh, I got. The, I had the pleasure of working on one of the issues too. Did the colors on uh, on one of the books too. That was a fun a fun yarn with uh, Bubba meeting aliens. But um, give the uh, give the origin story for Bubba. Like, what is uh, you know where did he come from? What does he do? You know, who are the supporting characters? Give us a give us a good like out. You know. Uh, Interestingly enough, oh, I'm sorry, man. Interestingly enough, Bubba has three separate origins, and it's it's fascinating. The first one is when I did a comic book for Cry for Dawn, was CFD Creative Force Design at the time, but they were the same people did Cry for Dawn. It was Joe Monks, and he asked me if I wanted to do a series, and I said sure. I mean, I love it, and so I was able to get the series called Bound in Darkness, mm -hmm. and I was able to get the services of a very dear friend who still is to this day, Michael Broom. Michael Broom is a designer and storyboard artist for things like Walking Dead, mm -hmm. uh, Star Trek Into the Darkness, Wolverine Origins, and Teen Wolf, amongst a lot of other things. So Mike and I threw down, and the original Bubba origin was that he was the loser dog catcher of the town, mm -hmm. and he went out after a dog, and things didn't go really well, and then a werewolf found him, bit him, and then Bubba killed the werewolf. But Bubba, weirdly enough, somehow, through moonshine or whatever, kept his personality, but he was just a mean SOB. <laughs> so he went around killing children that used to plague him, animals that bothered him, and just the townspeople in general. 
So that was the first Bubba Origin that was in Down in Darkness, the uh, number one issue. Okay. Later on, uh, somebody came to me and heard the name but didn't know the comic and wanted to know if I wanted to make an animated series of some type but make it funny. So I thought to myself going, why not? Mm -hmm. I mean, this would be hilarious. I'd love to turn this into a comedy character because I love things like, you know, Frankenstein, you know, like uh, Evan Costello meets Frankenstein, things like that. So I turned him into a more comedic character. And like I said, Bubba is a junkyard dog with a hell of a pedigree. I was in San Diego, and I was invited through a celebrity friend to go to a premiere, and it was a premiere of a movie you might all know called Shaun of the Dead. Okay. I go to this, this theater in the gas plant district area, and I'm sitting down, and the movie comes on, and it's absolutely brilliant. And I notice that the guy sitting next to me looks very familiar. Well, because it was Simon Pegg. Ah. So sat there making jokes, having a good time. And then when the movie was over, my friend walked over with another friend of mine and asked, you know, they wanted to have their pictures taken. And then Simon looked at me and goes, you want your picture taken? I said, no, I got plenty of pictures of those bums. I don't need this. <laughs> he laughed and invited us all out to dinner where we spent four hours on a very large studio's ticket, uh, having a lot of good scotch, a lot of steak, Excellent. a lot of good times, discussing how to blend horror and comedy. And I listened to he and Edgar Wright that night. Mm -hmm. And I learned exactly what I needed to do from people I felt were truly expert. We then revamped Bubba, brought him back out. He's yep. the comedic version now where he caught a dog that had been part of a cosmetic factory's experimentation, and the dog got easily intelligent, and so they sent poor Bubba out after it, and Bubba got bit. The combination of he put moonshine in the wound and the full moon, he's angry all the time, he stayed in the suit 24-7, and became Bubba. And he is known as the first 24-7 werewolf uh, in comics and possibly film. And so you guys got to make the movie you were looking for. You got to, you got to, you know, just have fun with it. You got to, I mean, just like you did in the comic. Every comic when we were working, you know, when you were working on it, um, you know, way back when, and uh, and I worked on it way back on with you as well too. It was always, you know, let's just find the funniest things we can do, and throw it all together. And and, and there just there was like a you know an air of no pressure. It was just kind of like hey whatever. And you kind of translated that into the movie. And now you're meeting with a lot of success now from this like small little indie is now not so small and not so indie. So talk to us about that. It really was fascinating because when I first, you know, we did the film and it was a different origin. I played Satan in the movie and we had, it was a rolling monkey's tea party through most of the counties of central Florida. Mm -hmm. And we had, after we found out later on that there were over 300 police reports filed about Armageddon, the apocalypse and alien invasion, werewolves and Satan wandering around town. <laughs> And there was a lot of incidents we won't go into here because there's the lawsuits may be coming up any time. Sure. But the thing is, what we were able to do is just have a damn good time. We ad-libbed a lot of stuff. We added a lot of stuff. We played around with it. We just basically kicked the, sh we kicked the shims out and saw all we could go. Now, the film then, again, went into, you know, I mean, into its editing phases and what have you. And I can't really discuss it, but we are working on getting it out further. We are with a large company taking care of business, and you people will be able to get it everywhere, all kinds of places, popular places, venues. And the best part I like about it right now is that it was invited to be shown, invited to be shown at Sitges in Barcelona, Spain this October, and that is the number one film and fantasy festival in the world. And it was a huge honor to get that. That's amazing. I mean, that's really amazing. And, and, and at that point, too, uh, sky's the limit, right? The more people that see it, the more people that kind of get invested in it. What's, what's your, what's your long-term goal for this uh, film, actually? Or what do you see as a realistic uh, next step for you guys? 
very simple to make money beyond the dreams of avarice. But if you want the truth, <laughs> oh, that was the truth. Damn it, the outside voice. I said realistic. Very, realistic. <laughs> <laughs> very simply this. What we're going to do right now is we want to see Bubba get out there further to the public. People enjoy. Even on YouTube, we have over 15,000 views. We have five thumbs down, 105 thumbs up. So I'll take that as an indicator that we're nailing it. And the beautiful thing is that people see the movie and enjoy it on every level. It doesn't matter what walk of life you are sure. or where you come from or your background or anything. It's just a lot of freaking fun. He's an all-American, good-natured, goofball hero. He's the town loser, became the town winner, gets the girl, gets everything, and he loves being in the hairy suit and he never wants to get out of it. He's happy being a werewolf. And people see this and they feel that. And the funniest thing I ever got told, the neatest thing I got told, a friend of mine had a, uh, a gentleman who was uh, his uncle, and he lost his wife, and he hadn't really gone out of the house in over a year. He just sat in his lazy boy watching sports, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And he took him to one of the comic shows that actually got him out of the house to a comic show, and he got to see the Bubba the Redneck Werewolf movie. Okay. Well, on the way out, his uncle was singing and dancing the Bubba tunes and saying, I want to be Bubba and all this other stuff. And from what I understand now, he's just been out there running around having himself a good time. He's the scourge of the bingo ladies, I think. Isn't that a lifelong ambition to be the scourge of, uh, uh, or not the scourge? What, what did you say? Not the scourge. What was it? The well, actually, he, he is the scourge of the bingo ladies. Trust me. All right, he's well, a gigolo. Well, he's at least five years. See, that's where I thought you were going with that. Scourge is not the right word for that. Actually. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, fine. He became a geriatric gigolo. Okay, there yeah. you go. That's, see, that's where I thought you were going with that, and that, that's a lifelong ambition. I'm hoping that when I'm 80 years old, that you know, I can I can still you know keep keep it going. Um, I'm 175. Had, I'm dating 90 year olds. It's a blast robbing the cradle. You man. always like that older <laughs> women. <laughs> um, so before we get into the more mainstream stuff, I mean, uh, where can people actually watch Bubba the Redneck Werewolf or or get it you know or see it or how can they you know how can they consume this? At this point, it's being shown at various film festivals mm-hmm. until other things are, that are unprocessed will be going through, and then you'll be able to get it almost anywhere you look. I'm so sorry about that. I want to apologize in advance. <laughs> so we used to make jokes about Bubba. He can be found in finer dumpsters and bird cages everywhere in America, and I think the film will wind up there, too, eventually. But that's just me. That's, but, you know, hey. <laughs> that's awesome. But, yeah, it's going to be out really to the major public. And the wonderful thing is that people who make films have just really enjoyed it, too. You know, that's sometimes even better than the fan uh, respect is getting respect from fellow creators. Oh, you know that as well as I do. That's the mark for a lot of us. Absolutely. All right. So peers accept this. So, you know, you've you've had a a great career. Talk to us about uh, when Joe Casada used to work for you. Oh, that that wasn't me. That's the funny part. I worked with companies that he was an inker at and did some cover work for. And one of those is the company I work for now, which is uh, work with now, is Creature Entertainment. That's mm-hmm. where Bubba's home is right now for the comics. Yep. Joe was an inker and, color, and cover guy for Double Impact. Okay. Yep. Day. And he, he did work for London Night Studios and some work for CFD and other people. Because at the time, this is the mid-90s, everybody's just getting started. But back then, it was just fast and furious. We called the style we did splatterpunk. It was just quick and down and dirty and all mm-hmm. over. But Joe is a brilliant artist and a brilliant man in general. He was just always a lot of laughs. And uh, it's just nice to know that so many people came out of that era. We had Ed McGinnis used to work yep. with me. Uh, I've had all kinds of people that now are big names that were just, you know, guys just getting their stuff together back in the day. We were kind of an incubator of crazy. Uh, you know, there's there's something to be said too about the uh, the, the con scene in the uh, in the 2000s, especially. Uh, you know, that's when I got into it. That's when we met. We met. When did we meet? We met at Wizard World Philly, was it? Like back in yeah, it was, Wizard World, it was Wizard World Philly, and I believe it was 2003 or four. 
Yeah, I actually, yeah, it was. I mean, it, going back, and you just see, you, you kind of see the people that have kind of stuck around in the industry. But there's this camaraderie that exists between all the creators and stuff. So it is always amazing to see, uh, you know, people kind of, uh, you know, starting on something really small, and you get to know them before, and then you kind of build your network up based on just. You know, you guys are we're all in it, you know, we're all kinda in the in the masses. So it's kinda cool to see, you know, all of you know, those familiar faces that are out there. So yeah. I wanna know, uh, you know, hot take real quick. What do you think of now the topic tonight was Suicide Squad? Have you seen the movie yet or no? I haven't had a chance to see the movie yet, but I've had a lot of friends who have who I respect their opinions and it's a very mixed bag. It always is gonna be though that way. So let me let me piggyback that and say, do you think D C movies Future? Is there a future there for DC movies? Do you think that uh, they just are just never going to get it? Do you want me to be completely honest? Well, of course. Okay, because this is going to probably cause a lot of grief, but I'm going to tell <laughs> exactly how I've told my friends. For me lately, it seems Marvel throws a party at the movies, then DC comes in and calls the cops and shuts the party down. <laughs> 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 Their TV is terrific. Well, yep. Marvels need some work, yep. except for, of course, Netflix, because we all know that Jessica Jones and Daredevil were just absolutely stunning and amazing. Right. No, I, I agree with you. Now, why do you think that is the case for the movies? Do you think there's too many hands in the kitchen? Do you think... Uh, mm-hmm. So you just... There's there just too much stuff going on, and that's uh, that's exactly the the issue. We're talking with uh, Mitch Hyman, creator of Bubba the Redneck Werewolf, um, which is a feature film and an indie comic, but uh, also he's a longtime comic book veteran, so we're also talking DC Films, Suicide Squad, and the like. And uh, what did you think of Batman v Superman? Did you think... Uh, did you think kind of the same thing everyone else thought, that it was just kind of, you know, just not quite what we expected? And I'm going to go with that, and that would be the better, discretion is the better part of valor on that one. <laughs> See, I don't like this uh, one when my usually mouthy guests crazy don't get mouthy. crazy about the villain at the end. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. I, I, like, I like when my, my usually candid friends are, are a little more tight-lipped on the air. It's okay, though. It's okay. We'll, 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 we'll. You, you really want me, because... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you really don't want to hear what I got to say. No, I'm I'm only I'm only uh, teasing I'm just you as well around. too. It was a great effort. They they had ri- you have two giant icons, mm-hmm. and you've got to ram them together. One's super powered, and one isn't. But they all, both have issues, family issues, so on and so forth. They found a commonality, and I thought that was beautiful and showed growth in the characters. So that's what we want in films and books and comics: growth, mm-hmm. because then we get to grow with them as fans and enjoy the ride. So this is actually a larger question then, and, and we'll spin it off of this. There's been talk of a superhero bubble, uh, much like the housing crisis that happened in, uh, in the mid-2000s. You know, that bubble of this can't continue, right? I mean, this can't keep going. This, Are, aren't fans going to be tired of this eventually? Let me put it this way. This bubble's happened many, many times, being 197 years old as I am. <laughs> in the 50s, a lot of the DC comics and a lot of the, even the Marvel comics had gone away. They did westerns and mystery, and then DC horror came in. Then they revamped a lot of the superheroes, and Stanley and Julie Schwartz did a lot of work to do that. Mm-hmm. In the 60s, we had a resurgence, and people on the college campuses were the first ones to pick up on it. Yeah. The kids loved DC. The college kids all loved Marvel because they were more complex characters with problems they related to. You're right. So through the 70s, 60s and 70s, we had this great run. And then we had a, a fallout into the, a little, the 80s until the 90s. Then it resurged. Mm-hmm. Then it fell down again. And now it's going back to its resurgence. But this time is unusual. Yes. Because now geek and dork is cool. Yes. 
Which I always hate. And I hate. I hate that. Fra- I hate the phrasing. Like, oh, it's so like nerdtastic, and it's uh, oh, being a geek and a dork and a nerd, and it, it's 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 like no, actually, you're not. The fact that it's cool means that like geek, nerd, and dork are all like words to describe people who are outside the norm and who are into things. But now that is the norm. So the the term just I don't know. Just that's just my own personal thing. It just bothers no, me to hear. You're that. right. But look at how our lexicon changes, because we had, but now we call things that we really think are cool, we call them sick. Mm. And we used to say, hey, man, that's dope, or that's stupid. No, dope is back. Right? Dope is back. I'm telling you. You can say that again. I think I'm it's- telling you, man. But the thing is, derog- they are basically derogatory terms turned the other way, because here's the thing. If we, just like anything else in life, if we take things that bother us or mm-hmm. names that we don't like, and we own them by taking possession of them and turning around on the people that use them. That's true. Then you know what? They don't do any harm anymore because all the steam's out of that engine. No, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And so, what do you see as the future for our industry? I mean, do you see this can kind of this this train just keep on rolling for the next year or two, or do you see that um, you know? I, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I was. A- I'm sorry. I, w- I was a trend spotter for a couple of different advertising agencies back in my day. And a trend spotter is a person that looks at media, the world, clothing, whatever, and figures out what the next big thing is going to be. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give you my eye, and this is my eye on this. Yeah. I think this is going to continue for at least another five to even ten years. Mm-hmm. It's going to have a dip. It's going to come back up. Mm-hmm. It all is going to depend on one thing, and this is for all the listeners out there. You are the bosses. You are the indie supporters. Mm-hmm. You are indies yourself. You can make things, create things, do things now in a way that we never could back in the day. Yeah. And the most important thing to remember is this, though. Do them for the right reasons and do them because you want to entertain others. You can entertain yourself and do amazing things, but remember, if you really want to be commercial, you've got to do it in a way that you'll entertain other folks, but you can do it. I. Absolutely agree with you 100%. And it's definitely a, it's a, it's a much different world than when we started with, uh, with social media, with YouTube, with uh, you know, live streaming. I mean, even, even a show like mine, I mean, wouldn't be possible 15 years ago when we were uh, first starting out. Exactly. I was an FM radio jock, and then all of a sudden these podcasts and stuff come up. I started hearing all this brilliance that would have normally never made it on the air. And it's fantastic. I really get a kick out of all that. I listen to a variety of different shows. All right, so where can we, uh, where can fans uh, experience Bubba for the first time or just sit and have a drink with you? Uh, what's the next show you're going to be appearing at? And, uh, and where can people find all this cool stuff that you got going on? Okay, very simple. Now, here's the wonderful thing about Bubba. We also have, we've been doing merchandising, so we've got Coffee Shop of Horrors, one of the top rising, you know, coffee companies around. And they do a Bubba blend. It's called Spice Bourbon. I refer to it as the hair of the dog that bit you. <laughs> we have... You know, we have hats and action figures and stuff and merchandising, all that nonsense coming out. But at this point, there'll be an announcement very soon about where Bubble will be able to be found for everybody on this planet. And the best part about this I like is the fact that we got a write-up on the Sci-Fi Channel in France, which was hilarious. But the funny thing is, they didn't have a word for redneck in French. (laughs) So they called him Bubba the Farmer Werewolf. So I called up a French friend of mine. I I said, how do you say redneck? In French. And he goes, simple, Mitch. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> On that note, Mitch. With, with Bubba, though, you can see a lot of places. I will be, the next show appearance I'll be making will be at Spooky Empire uh, down here in Orlando at the Orange County Convention Center here in Orlando. Bubba will be shown at Dragon Con. So, guys, if you're going to Dragon Con, head on in, have yourself a good time. 
That is one. And of I them. believe my producer and my direct, my fellow, one of my producers and director will be there to do the Q and A for you guys. That's fantastic, Mitch. Thank you so much for joining me. This will not be the first time you're on the show, and uh, we will uh, grab a drink very, very soon. You better believe it. And I got news for you. Please call my parole officer and tell him this part. This is part of my community service. Damn it! I think I th- it counts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. (laughs) Everybody have a good evening. Mike, thank you so much. Talk to you soon, bud. Take care, Mitch. All right. When we come back, I want to get your feedback on Suicide Squad and the reason why it actually probably has a more brighter future than Deadpool. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. This is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. Thank all the uh, listeners on TalkingAlternative.com. We do this every week. Talk comics, movies, TV, music, and pop culture. Wednesdays, 8 o'clock Eastern, TalkingAlternative.com. Or you can stream us on the Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. S-I-R-E. I'm your host, Mike Dolce, by the way, for anybody. I am not the MMA wrestler, but I look just like him, except for the people that are streaming can tell that I do not. It's okay. That's why, that's why it's a radio show. I can, look, I can look like whatever people want. Um, we got different uh, feedback coming in from uh, a lot of different people. We've been talking Suicide Squad. I want to thank Mitch Hyman also for jumping on and being our featured guest. Uh, we're going to be coming to Patreon.com soon. Patreon is a crowdfunding website for artists, podcasters, creators. And I somehow fit into that definition, which is fantastic. Uh, so we'll be launching this weekend. Um, I'll be notifying everyone how you guys can participate and get kind of exclusive access behind the scenes and all kinds of fun stuff. So uh, look for that announcement coming soon. So we talked about Suicide Squad. That's the big thing. And one of the things I wanted to kind of talk about as we welcome people to the show as well who are streaming us on Periscope at Michael underscore Dolce or again on the Facebook page. Uh, Suicide Squad actually has a brighter future um, than than people think. Now, again, how you know, we, we kind of talked about it at the beginning of the show. It made $135 million in its opening weekend. How could it not be a success? Well, it can't be a success because it's doing exactly what BVS was doing. Um, and we've had some people chime in. We had Jake Thompson chime in and say, uh, you know, it's his favorite. It was uh, awesome. It was his favorite movie uh, so far, and he was really, really excited to see it. So that was awesome. We had uh, Nevin Frederick 
chime in and said DC is on the right track. Uh, Nevin is a is a uh, frequent listener to the show, so we appreciate him uh, chiming in as well. And he, you know, so we we had a lot of positive feedback. We had people say, "Look, it's entertaining. It's good. It's this and that." However, and again, we kind of touched upon it earlier on the show. The drop between Friday and Saturday, very very big. Forty one. It's a. It was a. Um, just a, a, a massive drop off um, between the Friday opening and then the Saturday opening, and again that kind of happened with Batman v Superman. It was sixty nine percent drop off for that, uh, and the word of mouth is not great. I mean, you know, look, Guardians of the Galaxy only fell eighteen percent between the first weekend and the second weekend. Uh, Deadpool, tremendous word of mouth kept going, right? So. Suicide Squad is not out of the water yet in terms of it being a success. And Sam and I were kind of talking behind the scenes, uh, you know, in between takes. And we said, look, at the end of the day, Warner Brothers has to consider it a success for things to move forward, right? And that's kind of the issue with, um, with, with things like that. So it's not a success until Warner Brothers thinks it's a success. So right now... We're still waiting to see what happens next weekend. Is there enough fan appreciation and enough fan word of mouth saying, you know, go see it. It's kind of cool. Go check it out. You know, a lot of people complain Joker wasn't in it long enough, which was my tease from before. Um, And there was a lot of different things, you know, in that regard. So, you know, whether or not it is or isn't, um, whether or not it's, it's going to truly not be a Batman v Superman you know, it remains to be seen. One thing, though, one sign of hope here for, for anybody out there. Look, this is, not, this is not all doom and gloom, okay? This is not, uh, you know, we're not here to just poop all over the movie. We're really not. I mean, I actually, I was kind of writing some of these articles this week and talking about Suicide Squad, and I, I write for Inquisitor.com, and I write these, you know, different, you know, news aggregation articles, and this is what this person said, and this is what this person said, experts in the field, and what are they saying, and, and you know, what's trending, and how is this going? going i i realized like i have a negative spin on it the ironic part is i actually was rooting for this film i was rooting for deadpool also uh, you know i'm not rooting against these films um so part of me was kind of like saying like oh i feel like maybe i am it does have some hope in the sense that you have a a breakout star in Margot Robbie. we kind of talked about it with um with her performance in this movie She's going to be in her own solo movie slash Birds of Prey, which was announced. You know, that's kind of, you know, taking a lot of the DC females and kind of putting them all in one movie. Here's why. Here's one reason, though, that her performance could actually mean Suicide Squad will do better in the long term than Deadpool. Now, Deadpool's a fan favorite, right? Everyone loves Deadpool. Yay, Deadpool. He's really, he's really cool and he's really, you know, funny and offbeat. Deadpool succeeded because it was different than everything else, right? I mean, it was it was different than what was out there. Um, he was breaking the fourth wall. He was criticizing things as it happened. It was basically, you know, like I said, Van Wilder in a superhero movie, uh, which which fans look, we love it, we do. I thought it was okay, but fans in general, they love Deadpool. They love all that stuff. How much longer? Is that shtick going to work, though? When you watch it in a second movie, when he's breaking, you know, unless he's breaking a fifth wall, you've seen it now. You know, his appeal was he was different. So when we return, let's talk about that. What is the future of Deadpool versus someone like Harley Quinn that can mine a tremendous backstory and talk and, and actually tell better stories going forward when we return?
You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. Uh, we are a weekly show on TalkingAlternative.com. Welcome to all the uh, Periscope peeps out there. I want to welcome the at wealthy gentleman and uh, at someone else who I, I missed his handle, but he had a great comment on Suicide Squad, and that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about Suicide Squad, the future of DC Universe. Uh, he wrote in, uh, it said, it was decent, not great, but good enough. That seems to be the general consensus across the board. It was, you know, some people who are fans and want to like it, they went in with low expectations, so they weren't disappointed. Um, Batman v Superman had high expectations. The Wealthy Gentleman said it was awesome. So, I mean, again, kind of across the board, uh, if you could tell me why you thought it was awesome, that's even better. Any more detail you can give is always great. We're live on the air. Again, we do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com. We're internet, internet radio. Uh, we periscope the heck out of the show at Michael underscore Dolce, and we stream it on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Uh, what we were talking about before the break and, and kind of wrapping the show up a little bit is I actually think that Suicide Squad specifically... Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn can actually have a brighter future than Marvel's Deadpool. And again, it's not Marvel's Deadpool, it's Fox's Deadpool. Um, and it was at, eight, at Hovids, Huvids. I knew I was going to get your... Thank you for chiming back in again. At Huvids, he had the, uh, it was decent, not great, but good enough comment. And he also just commented in saying he didn't understand all the hate from critics. But getting back to Harley Quinn and Deadpool, Harley Quinn actually has a brighter future, I think, than Deadpool because she has more actual content to mine. I actually, I look at Deadpool like Joey from Friends. Well, I really do. I think that he is essentially great when he can play off people, right? I mean, that's why, if you really look at it, Deadpool was a was like a X-Men light movie. I mean, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't, and they're even talking about in the sequel, they're going to have Cable, you know, in the movie too because, again, it's how does he work off of other people? Right now, Deadpool... Uh, if I recall correctly, doesn't have his own solo series in the comics. It's Deadpool and Spider-Man right now. I know Deadpool and Spider-Man definitely have a series together. But that's why, ooh, at Wealthy Gentleman said Deadpool was horrible. I don't think it was horrible, but I definitely don't, I don't get how it did so well. I don't get how it, it, it did 
so astronomically well. The only thing I could figure was, and like we mentioned before, it was different. But it's not going to be different next time around. You know, I, Deadpool is not going to be different. What you're going to see when he is making fun and breaking the fourth wall and doing all these things is he's not going to be, wow, he's different. He's different than what I've seen. No, it's going to be, this is the Deadpool I expect. And the question is, who is he going to play off of to make it interesting? So if Cable comes in, Cable has to be a really solid character. Essentially, Deadpool going forward, everything going forward for Deadpool is going to be who is the, going to be the character he plays off of, and that's going to determine how successful that movie is. Because at the end of the t- at the end of the day, when you eventually get to the point where you know Deadpool becomes kind of a tired act, you know we've seen this before. We've seen, we watched uh, you know Van Wilder, and we've seen it, and now we've seen it in superhero form. Like you know, what's the future there? Whereas Harley Quinn breaking off and doing her own you know solo movie. That's going to be fun and interesting and because you're going to get to know you got to you got to learn about the character a little bit. You got to learn about her relationship with Joker. The the knock on on this particular thing was Joker didn't get enough screen time. You know, so now all of a sudden you can dive into that. You can have a Jared Leto Margot Robbie movie. I mean, it could be something that you can really, really mine. Like, how did she become, how did she go from the psychiatrist to being, you know, one of, uh, you know, Joker's, you know, Joker's essential love interest? Like, you know, how did she do all this stuff? So, you you can mine really rich stuff. And you can still have fun, but it's not, it's almost like a gimmick in a way, right? If it's just, hey, this is different, come see us because we're different, eventually it's not going to be different anymore. And... Margot Robbie now, she's a, she's a bona fide star. Um, at Huvids, Jared Joker has potential but needs more fixing. You know, I don't disagree with you. I think that was a big thing is that there was, you know, not enough screen time for him. It, it, it seemed kind of, you know, for all the hype that went into Joker being on screen to actually see what ended up happening, uh, you know, not great. Um, you know, we miss Heath Ledger as well, too. Yes, that was somebody else chimed in. You know, look, Heath Ledger's Joker. Now, that would have been an interesting question, and, and I, I appreciate the wealthy gentleman uh, posting that. What do you guys think would be, what do you think this movie would have been if Heath, you know, Heath Ledger was, you know, still alive and playing the Joker or reprising the role as the Joker? Let's, pre- let's do a little pretend here and see, you know, what that could be. I, could have, I would love to see a Ben Affleck Heath Ledger version of Joker going at each, you know going at each other in the next Batman movie that's for sure. I would love to see what what he would have been like in Suicide Squad. Not to say that Jared Leto's Joker wasn't good and it was but it was a little different. It was it was definitely a little more, you know, hyped up and a little more, you know, erratic but uh, maybe it was just the fact that his hair was short. You know, maybe that was it. Maybe I'm just picturing Cesar Romero from uh, from the uh, 1960s Batman. Uh, my engineer Sam gives the big thumbs up for that as well too. At the end of the day, though, we're going to see what happens. This is a big weekend coming up now for Suicide Squad. Uh, it would be the icing on the cake. Yes, it would be the icing on the cake to see uh, a nice Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger Joker. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's sad we can't see it. But this weekend coming up is the big weekend for Suicide Squad. What's the drop-off going to be? Now, they have an advantage that BVS didn't have also. And the one advantage that they have... Aside from the fact that, again, yes, these are not iconic characters. So anybody who's on there saying, like, oh, they ruined my favorite character, they ruined my favorite character. I mean, they don't have 60 years of history, 90 years of history, whatever. Then, you know, do the math. I'm not going to do math right now. You know, they're not going to have that kind of pressure on them. So people are going to 
people are still going to be curious about the movie. They're going to hear about it. They're going to hear, you know, critics hated it, but fans thought it was okay or good or awesome or, you know, no one, no one thought it was terrible. No one thought it was great, you know, I, with the exception of Jay Thompson, who said it was 100% great. Uh, thank you, Jay, for listening to the show and for chiming in. We really appreciate it. Uh, you don't have that kind of pressure, so you're going to see more people coming in. The other thing that, that Suicide Squad has, big, big advantage, is they don't have any competition coming up. Uh, we had someone chime in and say, what's the next superhero movie coming out? Next superhero movie is Doctor Strange coming out in November. Uh, that's a long ways away. Summer tentpoles. This is it. Like they, Suicide Squad strategically, yes, it was at Wealthy Gentlemen, I know. Um, Suicide Squad strategically placed themselves in August, which was awesome to do because now, look, at the end of the day, Secret Life of Pets, it's already on its way out. Star Trek, you know, third or fourth week, that had a heavy drop off. The Jason Bourne movies, that had a significant drop off. I mean, you have a lot of movies now that were at one point. Um, you know, anticipated Ghostbusters came and went, uh, and, and rightfully so. I mean, you know, we kind of talked about that. Uh, again, you can always check out our previous podcasts. Go to soundcloud.com slash secrets of the sire, and you can check out any of the previous podcasts. We've talked about Ghostbusters. We talked very briefly about Star Trek. Basically, we talked very briefly in that it just uh, it snuck up on us. It came out. It was okay, and everyone kind of went around went along their merry way. That seems to be the the dichotomy of all the summer movies. Uh, Batman v Superman got the most press alongside Civil War, and at the same time, then Suicide Squad's got gotten the most you know juice and the most beef behind it. But in between, Ghostbusters kind of like I said came and went. Star Trek came and went. Jason Bourne came and went. This has been kind of a lackluster summer if you really think about it, with the exception of the two you know beginning movies and ending movies. And Suicide Squad though has the advantage. It's an ending movie. It's it's a movie that. You're not going to have much competition. You know, at this point, studios are going to start rolling out their Oscar movies. Their, you know, I went off to war and I lost a limb and how do I deal with it when I come home? And, you know, it was the old Amy Schumer skit that was uh, on this past season where every Best Actress nominee, nominee uh, the clip for them was them on the phone and like breaking down over the phone like they're on the phone. Oh, I don't know how to handle this. Best Actress best actress you know but those are the type of movies that are coming out so look there's still four weeks there's still actually more than four weeks there's maybe six weeks left of actual summer uh four weeks left before labor day you know right slave movies those are other big ones you know uh although i think there's no 12 years of slave coming out this this time around uh that's going to contend for an oscar but yeah no it's look it's the oscar movies so people who are looking for a summer fix people are looking for just some summer fun people are looking to like kind of you know beat the heat a little bit it's been raining in new york city uh you know today and it's going to be raining i think if you look at your weather app uh if you're a new york resident uh yeah sam my trusty engineer is looking at his weather app it is basically thunderstorms for the next you know millennium uh <laughs> it's uh it's definitely it's definitely going to be something you know it's great to go to the movies when uh when it's crappy outside you know if it's 95 degrees out and you really can't do I, I actually wanted to do more things this summer but it was actually too hot at certain points too where you know going to the movies is a great little distraction so what am i going to go watch if uh if i'm a casual movie goer and the weather's not quite cooperating i'm gonna go see suicide squad i'm gonna go see something that i think is fun i'm curious so big movie coming up this or big weekend coming up 
for Suicide Squad. We'll talk about it next week. We'll talk, you know, we'll we'll, we'll kind of further touch upon the subject, and uh, we'll see whether or not it's going to be a hit because it, we still don't know. I mean, it's amazing. It broke August box office records, and we still don't know if it's going to be a hit. I mean, that's that's as big a conundrum. Uh, and we're going to talk about the DC future next week too. Um, but we're also going to have a tremendous guest on next week. We have uh, Vince Hernandez from Aspen Comics. We're going to talk about Aspen Universe and what they've got cooking. Um, it's uh, the company founded by the late, great uh, Michael Turner, who uh, left us way too soon. But uh, we're not going to be sad when we talk to Vince. We're going to talk about all the cool stuff, Fathom, Soulfire. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of great stuff next week. So I want to thank everybody who joined us on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Thank everyone who joined us on Periscope, at Michael underscore Dolce. We will see everyone next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Robin Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc.
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.